0: podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. From the people who turned a niche Scottish football podcast into a critically acclaimed TV show on the BBC. It's Review from the Terrace A pop culture podcast network Hello and welcome to the Still Game podcast My name is Bethany Tenick Hello and welcome to the latest episode of the Scottish Rewatchable Hello and welcome to Review from Turnbuckle Debating the best in movies, iconic TV shows Classic albums, peak era wrestling And so much more Some intern got fired for that like. <laughs> <laughs> Be like, Jared! And what would you have done? <laughs> Loved it, what a moment, what a moment Review from the Terrace brings together a collection of professionals, pals, misfits and special guest interviews The one and only Ewan Angus G Tilford, Director of Slow Games Michael Hines That's Review From The Terrace, a newly created podcast network with at least two shows dropping every week Aye, Good to see you man, good to see you man <laughs> no man. Many people will say it's the biggest moment in the history of wrestling It's about <laughs> 35 <laughs> <laughs> Find us on Acast or wherever you get your podcasts
1: And this is true, we love to do the things that we're not supposed to do. We don't need robbing, stealing or mugging, in fact we'll take it
2: seriously, we're only bugging. Hello and welcome to the Whistleblowers podcast. Now we weren't here last week, you had a week off us, and more importantly, we had a week off you. Uh, but we're back now, uh, it's going to be a shorter episode of Whistle Stop Whistleblowers, if you like. Do you like
1: Martin Gritton? Uh, yeah, absolutely mate, anything that you know cuts down on, on my waffle sounds like a great idea. <laughs>
2: All right. Well, that's the voice of Martin Gritton. Grits, Big Daddy Grits. Call him what you wish, as long as you call him. Uh, ex-professional footballer uh, and now works in cricket. Absolutely lost his mind. In fact, you don't work in cricket no. anymore, do you? You used to no. work in cricket. Now you're at West Ham. Sorry, just
1: ha- just hanging on to you know. With it, it's basically all my kit. My kit is cycled from League Two kit to yeah, the hangover of the Cricket World Cup. So that was a d- delightful, um, yeah. delightful stash.
2: Yeah, It's because you're wearing a cricket top. It's, it's completely thrown me. Um, and also joining us as ever, he's fresh from LA. He's got a beautiful tan. He's got a new boob job. He's, uh, <laughs> he looks fantastic. Gareth Dobson.
3: How, well, how's my bikini line? <laughs> it's really, really very, very smooth. Thank you very much. I, I worked on that. I'm, I went full LA. I am fully macrobiotic um i that mean? one uh, i think it involves shoving kale in places i'm not sure
2: mm-hmm. <laughs> okay <laughs> well, let's leave that there um we missed we missed a fun preview of the games last weekend um so we will talk about the games that happened but it is predominantly a preview show and no better place to start than uh what i am calling i'm billing it the biggest game of the season so far chelsea man city saturday lunchtime kickoff 12:30 uh gareth dobson this has got to be the biggest game of the se- biggest game of the season so far. Are you excited by this one? Because this one sometimes peters out a little bit.
3: I I am excited just because I like the idea of perpetuating the Chelsea hoodoo for uh, for for Pep Guardiola. Essentially, the only team he's come up you know come unstuck against in the last few years. Yeah. Um. So it's because I think there's always as as well as Chelsea are doing and as good as they look, I think there's always the fear that. Man City at some point are just going to walk away with things, so the more defeats that can be inflicted on them early on, the more exciting the title race is going to be.
2: Yeah, Gritz, Um we're very early on in the season, but this feels this feels significant, doesn't it?
3: Yeah, my, my beloved Man City, I,
2: I
1: literally can't... <laughs> the kryptonite, uh, it's um, Tuchel's kryptonite side of... Uh, well, they're just brilliant, aren't they? I've really enjoyed watching the way that Chelsea have Played under him, and also just even looking at the top of the table, the the mirroring form of Liverpool and Man, Man United and, and City just chasing. It's just it's such an exciting proposition this season.
2: Yeah, uh, Gareth mentioned there that that Chelsea do seem to have something over Pep. Um, so, as an ex-player, like if you if you're playing a team who's a rival, or you know maybe it's a, a team that you're expected to be competing with for the season going up or staying up or whatever it might be. Do you prefer these games to be early in the season, or would you rather it be a little bit further in when you you warmed up a bit?
1: That's a really good question. I thanks, man. Uh, well, coming off the back of the Euros, especially, there's so many players out there with things to prove. I mean, De Bruyne hasn't really been able to get going. Um, is he and, fit? You know, well, this thing is he playing tonight? I'm assuming he's he's you know he's in the
2: tonight is uh, Wednesday, so the Carabao Cup tonight. Just for anyone yeah, listening so, later on.
1: Uh, well, the thing that concerns me is well, he's got so much to prove, and with a player with that ability, he's got so much to prove. It's just, it's interesting. I came off just in a completely relevant game that I covered last night. I was doing Plymouth versus Portsmouth, and for many, that the derby between those two, the way that that shifted from Portsmouth are always the better team, and Plymouth always, you know, were doing everything they can to beat them. The, the power dynamic has switched, and it was just interesting to see the same players. With this different psychology approach in the game, and it's very much what I, you know, Man City are going to have to to Chelsea. No, no doubt they've got the ability to overcome them over a season, but it's in these individual matches that they just can't seem to do it, isn't it? So, I mean, it's, yeah. it's going to be it's a great yardstick. I, I just think the players like De Bruyne are, are so key um, because I just think they free up Grealish, they free up everyone on the pitch. To, to play, express themselves even more than they're yeah. doing
2: when they do. and actually Grits, I've just realised Man City played last night didn't they 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 hammered uh, did he was play it it? last night yeah no I'm not even sure if he played or not I know Foden's back and sort of uh, looking pretty sharp but it was I think it was 6-1 6-1 they... one, one, was it? it's is weird isn't it of, the Carabao Cup yeah. I, I love the I love the madness of the Carabao Cup, Carabao Cup but I never really tune in until the later rounds which is pretty similar to the rest of the Premier League teams isn't it? Um, Gareth uh, we don't really do predictions on the show <sighs> You've already talked about it though. Chelsea are good against City. Do you see more of the same here? Well, I guess
3: maybe the bigger question is are Chelsea favourites? And this would probably be the first. Do you mean for the league that, or for the game? Uh, for the game, you know, they're at home. Um, mm. they you know, they're in arguably the team who started the season the most impressively, I think. So um, it's maybe talk of a hoodoo is, is actually unfair to. Uh, Thomas Tuchel and 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 Chelsea, when maybe they've just elevated themselves to be you know equal equal contenders to, to City. I, I think I would expect Chelsea not to lose this game. I you know I think they they've got a pretty good chance of winning it, but I I don't think they'll lose to City.
2: Okay, is that purely because you think Tuchel's so uh, the team he's got together in terms of personnel, but more in terms of system, is just so robust?
3: Yeah, and, and and also it feels like they've just hit the ground running going back to your point about you know this is relatively early in the season um city are only just collecting back their players you know Foden um played uh, yesterday uh, against Wickham and, and De Bruyne did start um he played the whole game De Bruyne He did and and you know, and and got in amongst as you'd expect him to do against against Wickham um but also, yeah, it might be maybe a, a couple of games too early for for City. It just feels that you know Chelsea are just that bit, you know, a few more weeks ahead in terms of uh, being the the final old machine. And I'm not entirely sure what it is. I, I think Chelsea, uh, sorry, Man City did come in with a few more injuries into the season, and just yeah, yeah. yeah and they they've had um almost a little bit of an unsettled season. I think you wonder if the entire squad sat there waiting to see who was going to come in. And ultimately, not many players did, apart from Grealish. Whereas Chelsea, you know, even though Lukaku came in quite late, it was so expected. It was essentially yes. the one big marquee signing that, you you know, I wouldn't have been surprised if, you know, Chelsea basically spent the entire off-season planning for when Lukaku came rather than when. Um, yeah. And you can see, by the way, way that they've played, you know, he's that focal point. Um, you know he's a he's a much better striker than, than Timo Werner, um, and the team has has been elevated vastly.
2: Yeah, Grits, it's almost unthinkable to say this or oh, to to th- think this. Is it unthinkable to think something? Is that possible? But <laughs> it's Man City a year ago, two years ago, three years ago. We looked at their squad and thought that is phenomenal. You're not going to get more strength and depth than that in the Premier League. Well, I'm looking at Chelsea now and I'm thinking actually. That's a stronger that's a stronger squad than Chelsea. Gareth mentioned just then the striker issue at, at Man City. They don't really have one. They have Jesus who plays more on the wing now. Torres can play as a striker, but it isn't, you know, he's not a number nine necessarily. Um whereas Chelsea have got great strength and depth. They've got someone like Ben Chilwell, fifty million pound fullback who can't get in the team. Do you think Chelsea's a very very sort of blunt question. Do you think Chelsea's squad is better than City's now? I
1: would say yes. Uh, I'd say interestingly, it's the it's kind of like the way Ferguson used to have that four-year refresh and just be able to kind of know when to prune the team and to bring quality in that he needed to to do. I just I think Pep's having the same head-scratching problem at the minute. I mean, remember, you know, they are the champions, but he's he's not been able to quite fill the holes with the quality that has, has gone, and and certainly not refreshed. Younger players, whereas Chelsea have had this compressed two years where they're like, we need to compete, we need to compete, and all these players are now competing, but they've all been recruited within eighteen months, two years, you know. So um, you've got a a short shelf life, but also these guys haven't, you know. It was incredible what they achieved last year, uh, you know, in the Champions League, but they almost had that kind of. It almost felt like they stole it, (laughs) you know, just the way that they went about it in comparison, because, you know, they weren't the champions of their league and they kind of went in, you know, what position were they when they, when they got in there? Were they fourth when they got in? So it's it's interesting just the way that um, that panned out, but it just shows that that seems to be the way that Chelsea can do it, you know, bringing one or two players, but, but city are more of a legacy side. So, you know, this has been over, this team's been around for what, five, six years. So, um, you know, I think that's maybe, job. Um,
2: yeah, and maybe it needs a bit of a refresh. Yeah. Um, is there anything to be said here, Gareth, about the fact that, yes, it's going to be a really good game, we hope. Best two teams in the league, probably. But it's a 12.30 kick-off on a Saturday. They don't always live up to it.
3: No, um, that's... It, you can, you know, see why BT Sport are, are so excited. You know, they don't usually get games quite as big as start the weekend. But you're right, you know, they, they can be quite, uh, you know, soporific and um slow tempoed and people are just blinking into sun. I'm very sorry for using a big word there. Um, don't
2: don't apologize never
3: apologize. And it's yeah, it you do have to hope that it heats up. So, I mean there has been I remember a corking uh Liverpool City game a few seasons ago that was a 12th a failure on a Saturday, but there is obviously a chance, you know, partly due to the circumstances. and also because neither team will want to lose and cede ground to each other. Um that it might be a little cagier than then i we look at these two brilliant teams and we, you know we think oh they'll just go for it you know punch try and punch each other out and neither team plays like that doesn't really. happen yeah they're, they're yeah, both very no. canny um uh, you know they are they they reflect their managers approaches so it might yeah, they're be quite, they're quite rigid type.
2: right i think they're quite yeah. rigid teams really
3: i i think you know it could end up being a you know a one nil 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 one one um but it should be fascinating and i know that Sometimes we use the word fascinating as a byword for a bit boring, but we have to pretend we like it. But it could <laughs> hopefully be quite fascinating.
1: Grits, uh, so we've know, seen
2: some... Oh, sorry, go
1: on. I was, I was just going to say no one likes eating pasta and chicken at, at half nine in the morning. So, by the, you know, it's out. just a nice slab of lasagna pre-match at, you know, at, at, night, at that time of the morning before... Absolutely can you not no, get away with like a,
3: a a Greg steak bake? Does that not work as an equivalent
1: meal? <laughs> I, I used to have one in my back pocket while I was playing. It just in case we got a little. <laughs> yeah, you heck-ish. can tell.
2: Tell from the videos.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I went down, down me belly as well. Um, no, it's, uh, but I love that little. I love that little data point. What was that player? The Man United player getting interviewed about Ronaldo, and as soon they saw what he was eating yeah. for dinner, no one had dessert in that crumble. Match. No apple yeah. crumble.
2: <laughs> So Did you see what Trossardini said about about it? No. what? Trossardini said that if he saw Ronaldo eating horse shit before a game, he'd have some. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> Looks like he has been eating it with an you know, expression on his face. <laughs> do you know? Do Troy. you know what
2: though? Grits, there's been some weird choices for TV this this season already. Like I remember one of the games was Liverpool Burnley, and it's like, well, come on, lads, Liverpool Burnley at Anfield—that's not. <laughs> Pick something else. This one, we got, we got uh, Chelsea, Man City. But at the same time, I'm not sure why this is, but at the same time, 12.30 on Saturday, United, one of the most interesting teams to watch, against Villa, also one of the most interesting teams to watch. I assume that's not on TV, because you're not going to have two two games on twelve thirty. what's going on well i don't understand why that's, that game is is not being is either not at three o'clock or not moved to tv
1: it's a very good question do you know what we should get someone from uh, uh, programming on or get some comment on that I'll, let's let's track someone down and get an actual answer on that because someone will know someone
2: all right well know. let's have a break in the meantime that's not to say there'll be someone who knows thing coming up after the break <laughs> it, it'll, just, it'll just be us but something to think about in the future <laughs> Welcome back to the Whistleblowers. Uh, now we've done Chelsea-Man City. Let's do the second biggest game. I reckon the second biggest game, although we might argue about this. Arsenal-Spurs. Is it Arsenal-Spurs or Spurs-Arsenal? Gareth Dobson, you're a Spurs fan. Where's this game being played? I have no idea. Brilliant. Well, welcome to the show. Three experts talking about It's Arsenal. It's the Emirates, Emirates.
3: yeah. Is is it's is it the, the Emirates?
2: Emirates, okay. I didn't know that. Okay, so as a Spurs fan... Um, you going away to the Emirates, uh, how are you feeling about that? Do you enjoy these games? Because I, I hate Derby games. I hate watching my team, Derby County, RIP, oh. play against uh, Nottingham Forest. I makes me feel sick for weeks before, and the most I can ever get out of it is a feeling of relief. Even if you win, relief. Not pleasure, <laughs> not joy, relief. How do you feel?
3: Uh, no, I, I entirely agree. At, at some point, they became the games I hated the most out of all of them. And um, it wasn't just because... You know in the last 20 years arsenal have won a hell of a lot more than spurs um it's just because right you said that it feels like there's very little pleasure to take out of it you know if you the team you support goes 1-0 up you don't go yes you just go oh god we need to hang on like please hang on yes. and oh even if we if we can see now it's even worse because we had the chance to win like it's just flooded with negative emotions and um i it does feel like the edge has come off the North London derbies in, in the last few years, I think a lot of that is the relationship between the managers, um, Pochettino and, and, uh, was always very, uh, complimentary to Arsene Wenger. Arsene Wenger, yeah, he moved on. Um, I, it's that there, there is very little spite between the players and maybe that's just an element of, you know, playing for Spurs or playing for Arsenal maybe doesn't mean as much as it did. You know, neither team have really been competing for titles for a long time. So, you know, it's the stakes maybe have kind of dissipated a little bit. So that has taken the edge off a little bit, but ultimately they're just games to get through. All you want to do is just get to, you know, the end of the game and hope that your team hasn't lost. And I I'm sure there are people who feel differently. I'm sure there are fans who circle it's sociopaths. In the calendar sociopaths and get yeah, sociopaths and it's the most important game of the season, but you know, for you these know, two teams it's not.
2: I, I I cannot understand those people at all. It's like, you know, the night before the Euros final, England-Italy? And I've heard other people describe these games like this. They were saying, oh, it's like Christmas Eve, isn't it? And it's like, no, it's not like Christmas Eve. <laughs> well, it's, it's only Christmas Eve only if, if the thing the next day is definitely going to be it. good. Yeah, like, it's, it's only like Christmas Eve if some some Christmases, Santa comes and gives you presents. Other ones, he comes along and just beats up your kids. That's the only way you can say it's like Christmas Eve. It's not like Christmas Eve. It's, I mean, ho- it's a horrible it, it, lottery, and I hate it.
3: If, you, if you want another uh, question, semi-related to something that you know has tortured me for years, is why? Uh, so when you have category games and you pay more for the better games, yes. essentially you pay more to see your team play, say Liverpool, Manchester United, Arsenal, Man City. I know what's coming. You're paying more for a better chance of losing. Why would you pay more money Stakes. for a better chance of being miserable?
1: Stakes is high. Stakes is high. Steak bakes are high. Steak makes are high. There's the name of the pod. If, um, th- this is The thing is, Mark, you, I'm fairly certain you, it's about just forgetting. Obviously, you go through the trauma and go to the bragging rights and whatever. But I was weaned on my dad taped, whenever Celtic beat Rangers, he taped... He taped them all. So I was watching games from ten years before, and like still into the nineties, um, uh, like a four-three victory from um, uh, a four-three victory from Celtic over Rangers, and ridiculous. Paul McStay
3: goes. I remember every single victory, and you would just forget the defeats. And and what's incredible is you, you you play each other nine times a season, <laughs> and honestly, go. And now it's well,
1: obviously, no one wants to remember the last twelve months if they're Celtic fans, but it's all about those moments. You know, I do enjoy, I've got the strange perversion of just like enjoying Celtic, retro Celtic Instagram Mm -hmm. accounts that just show Henrik Larson's check over ranges over and over again. And that'll do me, that'll sustain me until we're good again. But it's that sort of, it's just for those little moments. It's ridiculous. Well, to be fair, my dad recorded when, David Beckham was sent off uh, for England against Argentina, and he just watches that moment. Or when Tim Henman was beaten at Wimbledon, he gets as much pleasure out of those moments. And uh, and I genuinely have caught, walked in, caught him watching it, like he's watching something he shouldn't be watching. But you know, well, we all know. <laughs> and it's, it's like. Clicking like, quickly. What what is, what was that? I turn it back, and it's it's Henman getting beaten by Ivan Ivanisevic. Beautiful, just. You'd you know, rather it be men and motors.
3: <laughs> I mean, oh, it, it, it is fair. I, I was talking to. Um... Uh, a friend say about a, a really really unfortunate event that happened to another friend of mine and uh oh do you remember when so-and-so happened i was like oh yeah i did because we've around his house the next morning and it was a, uh, you know spurs lost 3-1 to arsenal out scored first for, for spurs and got sent off and like i marked this horrible event in my friend's life by remembering what happened in a completely useless north <laughs> london derby so maybe i am protesting too much But I honestly believe if Adebayor didn't get sent off, we would have won that game. See, that's the memory. These are the memories. How many countless,
1: meaningless derbies have there been since then in your mind? But that is an important... That's that's it. It's definitive moments in your teams, in your autobiographical version of your team But that's football,
2: though, in general, though, isn't it? That's, That's not just derbies. That's everything. Because if I'm being honest, maybe it's a sign of me getting older, but... All the seasons are blending into one now. I don't know what's going on. Someone yeah. says, oh, do you remember the game in 2007? Of course I fucking don't. I've got no idea what you're talking about. All I remember is certain moments of certain games of certain seasons. Ask me about every game in uh,
3: 1994, though. Yeah, like absolutely.
2: 100%. Like 100%. All right, well, we talked about the emotion of the derby. Uh, what do you see happening in the game here, Gareth? Um, first of all, are you confident? How are you feeling about life under, under Nuno?
3: Um, I think he is still a good manager who I think has brought an element of togetherness to the team and has made them a coherent unit. I think we are beginning to see the vast difference between Spurs and the truly very good teams. I I think he'll probably uh, get enough results against the middling to poor teams and Spurs will kind of sit around that that sixth. Fifth, sixth mark, but I think they'll, you know, they'll really struggle to do consistently well against better teams, and that's a reflection of they are, and that's probably good for Spurs because it will just be the nudge they might need to realise that they need to improve things and keep building. I think that you know, two weeks ago, Spurs fans were, or three weeks ago, were rubbing their hands, going, you know, we're nine points clear of Arsenal, um, we could finish top of the league after this game and, and put them bottom, and now suddenly, if Arsenal win on Sunday, then there as many points as Spurs. You know, things have changed a lot. I don't think Arsenal yeah, pulled up yeah. any trees, but Spurs look a lot more vulnerable than they did after the first few games. So I would say Arsenal are maybe slight favourites purely based on the confidence of going in, having won their last two and uh, in the league, and, and, and Spurs obviously having lost their last two. And, you know, that that second half against Chelsea, things went south very quickly. They looked... You know, fairly bright and fairly steady in the first half. And as soon as the first one went in, it all you know, the heads went down. And I think there was no belief that they had any chance of getting back into the game. And, you know, you have to worry that if Arsenal score the first, it could be it could be a long day for Spurs. It
2: could be lights out early. Um, Grits, let's talk about West Ham um, because I want to talk about their game with Leeds. But I also wonder where you see Spurs through a West Ham prism. Do you see them as being your main contenders now or in that sort of little group of teams outside the top four? Yeah, I
1: think absolutely. I think Spurs are in the group that West Ham should be aiming to to be better than this season. I don't see any reason why not. Not from the players on the pitch, I mean, they did everything they could to not get anything out of that game against Man United. And sorry to go back to it, but it was just the most
2: ridiculous series of events. I mean, well, let's talk about let's talk about that game. You were at the game, Man United that's... versus West Ham at the uh, at the uh, Olympic Park on Sunday. Um, yes, ridiculous sequence of events. Um, first of all, I know you're going to want to talk about Mark Noble. We'll talk about that in a second, please. The, the penalties or the, the lack of penalties, first of all, the Wambasaka one on Sochek, the Ronaldo 15 or 20, however many it was of them. Um, I don't understand anymore. VAR came in because we wanted to have these decisions not made, uh, not leading to human error, essentially, to try and take the subjectivity out of it and to look at it cold. But now there's a problem where we go. Well, a human is deciding what the referee on the pitch gets to replay. And why aren't these things being checked again? I don't understand it. I mean, we can argue all day long about whether the Ronaldo 1 or the Ronaldo 1s are or aren't penalties. But the fact we can argue about them means that they are pretty tight decisions and they should probably be seen by the referee. So why isn't the referee being told to, by the way, go and look at this thing again. Here's the monitor pitch side.
1: Right, I think I've got a solution for this, Mark. Go on, I think go on. We have we have the one person, just one person in charge of every single decision. They sit is in it a me? bar, like it's the gut. Yes, yeah, you. It's you sat and you like in the matrix, and the third one, that guy, the architect. You're just sat in a room surrounded by tellies and it's just people yeah. shouting at you. It's like, shouting, is this a pen? And you, you demonstrate the same subjectivity to each single incident and go pen pen not because pen. it's all about. It's all about the pace, the contact, the intention. That all everything that has to be calculated. Absolutely. I don't trust whoever they're sending it to. It's absurd. But uh, I mean, no
2: chance. Would you have honestly, an ex-pro in there? But the thing is, though, you say, "Oh, let's have an." X. I'm not saying you say this, but one no, might say, "Let's X Pro. get an ex-pro in." Just the okay, same. Okay, so you at least care. you're. Uh, it can yeah, be
1: anything. Right. It can be a child. It can be a six. As long as it's the same person making the decision. I genuinely sorry, a six-year-old ex-professional yeah, footballer. That's we're not. I mean, you mentioned the ex-professional. I just want the same person making decisions, <laughs> the basing on the same judgment across every single decision. We could get a guest yeah. celebrity into it. It'd be hilarious. We could get you know, I don't, anyone.
2: You know, i have got anyone. to say I don't, I don't like these suggestions at all, and I'm well, actually that, a bit worried that you work want, for a football club. Until we, I don't work for a football club. Until you come
1: with a better a stadium, solution. Stadium, come on. I, I, well, yeah, listen, we're just all, all we are landlords. And you know how much I love being a landlord. So I, <laughs> let's just, let's keep it to football. I, um, yeah, I, I, I'd rather talk about the, just the absurdity. I mean, if West Ham had had Antonio up front, it's an interesting game for them. They just didn't have, they aren't able, they aren't able to play with Bowen up front against a team of man who's quality. Um, you, you almost need... Ben Rama was sensational, though, and, and they are uh, they, they are going to be able to beat the majority of teams outside the top four. I really think they are. And if oh, they, 100%. If Antonio, Antonio fit, and I, I've no doubt, and this is Declan Rice's shop window season, so he has to keep playing the way he's playing. Suchek hasn't even started. The defence, I thought Zuma did really well, but it's a really tough game for him to come into. I felt sorry for Dawson getting left out without going to, into detail, but... The, the Lingard scenario, the narrative with Moyes. I was sat in the press box, and I'm just looking over the shoulders of the journals just going, "This writes itself." Lingard bends it in, Moyes. I mean, there's so much for them to write about, and but yet it was still quite late in the game, so they're ripping up their one each, and blah blah blah. blah. Then the penalty, blah <laughs> blah blah. Then what's happening? Why is Declan Rice? holding the ball for a stop? Why is he thinking about taking this? And why is he walking towards the bench? Why is Mark Noble getting stripped? And why is David Moyes indulging this? And I just... And it's... Honestly, I just couldn't get my head around. The stakes of that game, though, just what it meant to get back to, to each position. A full house. The noise was brilliant. Okay, so be honest. Be honest, Ingrid.
2: Yeah. Be honest. You're in the stadium. Penalty's been given. You see Mark Noble warming up. He's about to come on. Are you instantly... Hundred percent sure, or not hundred percent? Are you instantly confident that he's going to miss this penalty, or do you feel like no? no. Actually, Nobbs, you know Nobbs is a great penalty taker. He's going to come on and finish it off. It's a great story. No. Uh, it put too, it put too much pressure on the situation. I think his percentage
1: chance of get, scoring that penalty went, or the percentage chance of West Ham scoring that penalty went down from anyone on the pitch. I mean, why wouldn't you let Creswell take it, or let like someone who's got who's been on the pitch that just at the pace of the game? The amount of pressure—if a player that had played on that game and missed the penalty or the game saved it—you can you can walk away and hold your hands up. But the pressure is put on Noble yeah. and Noble's got Noble's got a night now. He's got 100, well not 120. He's got 90 minutes against Man United tonight, and maybe that's his purgatory. Maybe once he gets through this tonight, it will just. Uh, I hope he comes back from it because what a what, just what an incredibly ridiculous scenario to to be in. But anyway, listen, I thought West Ham uh, all over the park have really have a coherent vision. Man United didn't look coherent, but they did have quality. And that's, you know, and that's something... And they could have scored three or
2: four or five, uh, uh, really. Yeah. Uh, Gareth, Gareth, I thought West Ham looked tired um, in that game. It, understandably so. They played in Europe, uh, had a had a decent trip there. Came back, played against United. they got another game tonight. and Then they play probably the last team you want to play if you're tired, uh, which is Leeds United on Saturday uh, away mm. from home. Do you think that, taking away the fact that West Ham are a quality side of quality players and a good manager, do you think that the European venture might really detract from their season this time around?
3: Potentially. I mean, sorry, potentially is very wishy-washy. I, I think what has to be you know, reconciled with is that playing in Europe is a big deal for West Ham. It doesn't happen very often and it is exciting. And I think that saying, oh, rather than finishing... Fifth, you finish seventh because you played in in the Europa League. Like, I don't think that should be a criticism. I I, I think that you know they should take on the, the the Europa League and see how far they go because it is exciting. And if you get to you know the quarterfinals onwards, then you legitimately have a shot. So, yes, it probably will. They probably will lose a few spots and have some bad games, but I do think it is worth worth them trying to fully fight fully fight on all fronts. <sighs>
2: Yeah, I think Great that's a pretty concise, yeah. concise way of putting it. I think, yeah, you don't get many chances to do it, do you? Like Gary Lineker's left uh, left some of his work because he wants to go around, around Europe with Leicester. You do not get to do it very often, so just go and do it. Uh, Grits, uh, Leeds, though. Leeds haven't started very well this season. Um, there has been some rumblings from, you know, your typical sort of social media idiots complaining about Bielsa. He must be one of the safest managers in their job at the minute, mustn't he? You'd hope so. You'd absolutely hope so. it um, has got I to think, be. Come on, he's yeah, got to it, be.
1: It's more so that just you can only fight for you can only fight for so long with what you've got. And like he'll be, he'd be he's become beleaguered in jobs, other jobs, great jobs, you know, famously in brilliant football clubs. It's, if it's happened elsewhere, it could happen at Leeds, and I don't want it to. Obviously, I'd love them to start winning. Maybe not on Saturday, but certainly, um, you know, I, I would like the players that he's got to be able to I don't know just just pull something out of the bag but again we, we see a couple of wins and you straight up league so uh, whatever they're working at that they're the sort of team that build momentum I, I I know that you know they can be slightly inconsistent in the results but there's always a performance base from them and I really think they're building up to you know I think it's it's been an odd start and I certainly I look at 10 games as the yardstick always and let's see how the dust settles after that
2: were you the same as a player not not even look at it until 10 games in well you would you would, you know, how good you were playing,
1: and I certainly wouldn't. I wouldn't be worried if I'd only scored one in ten. But then you want to start, you know, the the luck starts coming to you. If you're working hard enough, you know, you get a bit luckier. Yeah. But you, it's it's just the nature of it. It's staying fit, um, you know, and, and the Saturday Tuesday start to a season, you can find yourself in. Good runs of form, bad runs of form, but you just have to be, you know, just stay clear of injury and keep your head because uh, good opportunities come. As long as you keep on the pitch, things are.
2: Yeah. Uh, Gareth, um, we've covered the core games. We've got time for just one more. Any games you want to talk about? Any wildcard entries?
3: I mean, for me, generally speaking, the
2: most, uh, the most
3: interesting team at the moment is, is probably Aston Villa. Um, no, I mean, I, actually, I would phrase it. It's not the most interesting team, but they always seem to be involved in interesting games.
2: I like desk. that's why I
3: is, want to see that.
2: I want to see that game. I want to watch United against Villa. That's a game I want. To, I don't want it twelve thirty clashing with the biggest game of the season. I agree. Uh, you know, it's
3: United are still a fascinating team because I I don't think that we really have any hands on exactly what they are, and possibly you know neither does Solskjaer. Maybe that's part of the issue. And you know, Villa are still coming to terms with you know, a post as world, but they they show enough and, you know, I like that they have, you know, young players coming in. So I think that's probably the other game I'm the most fascinated to watch. I, I would like to see more of Jaden Sancho, as I suspect a lot of uh, Manchester United fans and, and general, you know, armchair football fans would like to see. And Yeah, definitely. Um, coming, you know, adding in, you know, after, you know, a bit of a shaky outing Varane as well, it'd be good to see how he does. I mean, the, there's always plot lines with Manchester United. That's the thing. And, you know, given how Aston Villa uh, put themselves about against uh, Liverpool uh, last season, you know, there's always room for, for something quite uh, quite magical.
2: I'm looking forward to uh, Ollie Watkins getting back on it as well. I think he's a wonderful player. Right, that's all we've got time for this week. Gentlemen, thank you for being here. Gareth, you got anything to plug? Uh, what have I got to
3: plug? Yeah, everyone's out touring. Uh, go see Griff Reese, go see Snapped Ankles, go see Baba Alley, all out touring October, November. Get a ticket, go to a gig again. They're brilliant.
2: Great. so you've been out touring, haven't you? Doing plenty of commentaries at the minute. Lots of commentary, lots of commentary. But, um,
1: you know, I suppose very niche for those those fans, but I'm doing a couple of Grimsby games over this weekend. Excited to see uh, the machine, the Mariners back in action because they're flying at the top of the National League. Up,
2: up the Mariners. Well, well, I'm just I'm just sort of uh, sitting back and watching Derby sink to the point that we'll be playing oh, Grimsby mate. pretty soon.
0: Mate, hey, it I'll happens.
2: Um, yeah, all right. Let's not get into that. Depress me for the next ten years. Um, cheers, guys. Thanks, you guys at home or wherever you're watching this, listening to this. Jesus Christ, what, is, what even is this streaming.
3: show? Streaming, <laughs> this content.
2: St- streaming cr- content. Yeah, if you like it, tell your friends. For God's sake, tell your friends. Um, and yeah, we'll see you same time, same place here on The Whistleblowers. This is a Playback Media production. To listen to all our football podcasts, visit playbackmedia.co.uk.
0: Sports Social Podcast Network.